This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Just over a week ago, Rex Murphy, who writes for the National Post, filed a scathing article about the Liberal government and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He said, the country is in an economic coma. The House of Commons is a movie set. We are shamed in the international community, and the list goes on. Rex Murphy goes on to question the Prime Minister's ability and his integrity in leading the country through this crisis. Well, you know, after reading that article by Rex Murphy, I wrote this statement in my notebook. Personal integrity in the life of a leader is indispensable. Personal integrity in the life of a leader is indispensable. It was Dwight Eisenhower who once said, in order for a man to be a leader, he must have followers. And to have followers, he must have their confidence. The way he gains their confidence is with unquestionable integrity. Without it, no success, no real success is possible. Well, Nehemiah was a great leader, a successful leader, and his integrity is undeniable. We have seen it over and over again as we have studied his life and his ministry. In the, pers- in the first part of, of Nehemiah chapter 5, which uh, we covered a couple of weeks ago, we discovered that the rebuilding efforts on the walls had come to a grinding halt. The, the injustice and the disunity in the family of God had to be addressed by, by Nehemiah. And thankfully, the people responded to Nehemiah in a positive fashion. You remember, they they stood in the great assembly and said, Amen, yes, amen, we will do what you say, we will follow God. Uh, And if we don't, God can shake us, and He can take our land, and He can take our, our property, and He can take our houses, and He can take our lives, because if we don't obey God... Uh, nothing else is worthwhile. Amen, they said. Amen. They, they responded very positively to Nehemiah's leadership. Friends, if you and I are going to lead well in our respective spheres of influence, we have to lead with integrity. That's what Nehemiah did. And we notice, first of all, in our text today, that Nehemiah refused to abuse his privileges. I love the way the New Living translates verse 14. For the entire 12 years that I was governor of Judah, neither I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. Not once did Nehemiah or his officials take advantage of the privileges the king had extended. As the governor of Judah, he had been given a a very healthy food allowance for official entertaining. However, he did not take excessive liberty with that generous expense account. Imagine the temptations that might come with an unlimited expense account. Forget the ground beef, show me the filet mignon. (laughs) Bring on the caviar and the champagne. Motel 6 is for peasants. I will stay in the Four Seasons Hotel. But a child of God, a person of integrity, 
will guard against undue advantage, taking undue advantage of her privileges. She will avoid that at all costs. Nehemiah did not misuse or mishandle his allowance, and thus he was really above, above reproach, squeaky clean, if you will. Uh, He was a good example to follow. And although he was a a great leader in his day, Nehemiah is is actually pointing us to a, a greater leader, a greater example in Jesus Christ. Jesus declined to capitalize on all of his heavenly benefits and privileges. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that even though he was in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. You might underline that phrase. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He did not exalt himself. He did not promote himself. He did not take advantage of all the benefits and privileges as the Son of God because that would not serve the purposes of God. And that's what Jesus was all about. And so he made himself nothing. He humbled himself. He emptied himself. In the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus said to his followers, Don't you realize that I could ask my Father to send a thousand angels, a legion of angels to protect us, and he would send them immediately? So he was well aware of his his privileges as the Son of God. But he did not use them or abuse them because that would never have served the higher purposes of God. Good leaders do the same. They don't flaunt their privileges. They don't demand their rights. They don't parade their freedoms. No, sir. We, we notice, secondly, that Nehemiah rejected any exploitation of God's people. Nehemiah says in verse 15, The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them for their daily ration 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded over the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. Former governors of Judah, the men who, who ruled before Nehemiah, laid heavy burdens on the people. They, they overtaxed the people and they put, uh, put them under tremendous financial strain. And they also demanded, according to verse 15, they demanded a daily ration of food and wine besides 40 pieces of silver. So these former governors really put the boots to the Jewish people, exploiting them for their own personal gain. But Nehemiah refused to do that. Nehemiah refused to exploit them because of the fear of God. He wanted to live his life and he wanted to govern the people according to God's word and not according to the customs of the day or the standards of the culture. And and that's a challenge for a lot of our people today. A lot of Christians today face a lot of pressure to do business the way the world does business and not according to the word of God. 
But if you fear God, you have to find a better way. You have to find the way of justice and truth and honesty and integrity. You can't step on people on your way up the career ladder. You, you can't take advantage of people. You can't exploit people and expect them to follow you. Good leaders understand that. You certainly can't do that at work. <laughs> you dare not do it at home. And you must not do it in the church. Taking advantage of your brothers and sisters in Christ. That just won't do. Next, we notice that Nehemiah insisted on working on the wall himself. Nehemiah 5, verse 16. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. So even though Nehemiah is the governor of Judah, he's the big kahuna, He's the king's right-hand man in Jerusalem. Nehemiah stayed at the task of rebuilding the walls and, and putting on new gates with his own hands. You see, this was his focus, and he refused to manage the work from behind a desk somewhere. He persisted in working on the wall himself. He got down and got dirty with his own workers. He didn't stand back and just bark orders. That's not how he led the people. He joined them in rebuilding the wall. That's what good leaders do. They're not afraid of hard work. Good leaders lead by example. They work alongside of the people who work with them and work under them and work for them. And that's why I think Nehemiah was such a good leader. He motivated his workers with his own personal example of hard labor, physical work. And again, Nehemiah is pointing us to an even greater leader, a better example in Jesus. For Mark 10.45 tells us that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Aren't you glad Jesus insisted on serving us all the way to the cross? He did the hard work Himself. All the way to the cross. He is the perfect example of a perfect leader who, who came to serve and pour out his perfect life for those who were anything but perfect. Our Lord Jesus. What an amazing example of a leader he is. Furthermore, Nehemiah expressed deep generosity to all. Verse 17. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us. So, so we're not really sure how many people he was feeding every day, but it was a lot of people. Verse 18, now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance, Yet for all this I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on this people. So the implication seems to be that if, if Nehemiah had taken this food allowance to feed his workers and all the other officials that came from the nations around them, 
then the government likely would have increased the taxes locally to pay for it all. And so Nehemiah is not about to add insult to injury and claim what was rightfully his by the way of the food allowance. Instead, he provided all of this food for all of these people out of his own pocket. That, my friends, is deep generosity, isn't it? The best leaders among us are generous leaders who are not bent on padding their own pockets. A couple of weeks ago, I I read an article about a guy named Henry Darby. I think there's even a little video clip on the internet somewhere about Henry. He's a high school principal. Henry has been giving back to others since he was a kid. It was instilled into him by his own parents. And so when he learned that the students at his high school were in need, he he picked up an overnight job at the local Walmart to help them out. Now, Henry is the principal at his school, and he's working uh, every day, five days a week, but also several nights a week, he takes this, this job at Walmart, restocking the shelves so that he can earn a little extra money to help the students at his high school, whom he refers to affectionately as his grandchildren. Now, that's generosity. That's deep generosity. And I want to I be like Henry Darby when I grow up, don't you? Do you know what it means to be generous? Are you a generous man? Are you a generous woman? You see, I'm convinced that, that Henry Darby was a great leader. I, I've never met him, but, but I, I, I believe he's a, he's a great leader because he's a generous leader. And Nehemiah was a great leader in his day because he was a generous leader. But the, the greatest leader of all is Jesus Christ because there, there, there never has been anyone who's been as generous as him. He is the most generous leader of all time in all of the universe. All you have to do is look at a verse like Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's deeply generous. And Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. I mean, folks, that's generous beyond measure. And John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus generously gave Himself to set us free. And 2 Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. All grace, all sufficiency, all the time. I mean, that's incredibly generous, isn't it? He's such a generous God. I mean, you could never, ever, ever, ever outgive the Lord Jesus Christ. Ever. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. I mean, He's so generous you can't even put it into words. It's indescribable, unspeakable, inexpressible. Hallelujah. That's the generosity of the God we serve and the God we love. And so, my friends, in light of God's enormous, unending generosity, where might God be calling you 
to be more generous. Hmm? Many of you listening to me right now are leaders. You're leaders at work. You're leaders at school. You're leaders in the community. You're leaders in your, in your home for certain. And, and you might be leaders in your church. So if the best leaders are generous leaders, what needs to change for you? How are you going to respond to that? What are you going to do about that? How will you increase your generosity in the days ahead? If the best leaders are, are big-hearted, open-handed leaders, then what needs to change for you? Perhaps you need to be more, more generous with your time, with your family, your spouse, your, your friends. Be more generous with your time. Give of yourself more frequently, more consistently. Perhaps you need to be more generous in, in your giving to, to your church and to the work of the kingdom. I mean, why should 5 or 10% of the people in, in every local church carry 50% of the budget? It just doesn't seem right. We could all be doing a little more. We could all be more generous in giving to our church and giving to the work of the kingdom. Perhaps you need to be more generous in giving encouragement to other people. Be more generous. Nehemiah fed more than 150 men at his table every day at his own expense. And he never complained about it, not, not a single time. He expressed deep generosity to all. And we're still talking about him 2,400 years later. We're still talking about his generosity. So that proves it. Lavish, deep generosity impacts people for generations. You want your kids or your grandkids to be more generous? Well, then show them how it's done. Lead by example. Be a Nehemiah and be generous. Bible says in Psalm 112 verse 5, good will come to those who are generous. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful, generous, lavish, big-hearted giver. <laughs> you can't take it with you, friends. So you might as well invest it. You might as well sow it into the kingdom of God that lasts forever and, and invest it in the people of God who live forever Remembering that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Lead well wherever you are. Whatever sphere of influence or leadership God has given you, lead well. Lead with distinction. Lead by example. Don't abuse your leadership privileges. Don't exploit people for your own benefit. Work hard at serving others in the spirit of Jesus who, who came to serve, not to be served. And of course, be generous. And may God begin a brand new work of leadership in your heart and your soul today. Gracious Lord Jesus, we give ourselves to you today. No compromise. It's all or nothing. And this is our hymn of surrender. Amen.